Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Just take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 10 if you love the, your Bible. So John chapter 10. And one more time, first time guests, we love you. We want to welcome you one more time and tell you we're glad that you're here. Let them know you appreciate them. And uh, we're glad that you came today. You could have been somewhere else, but we're glad you came here and, uh, and to worship with us. And so um, I'm going to read one verse from John chapter 10. It's verse 10 and uh, kind of a little foundational verse we're looking at as we, we just kicked off a new series last week called Restoration. So uh, I'm going to read this verse and then we're going to pray together one more time and we're going to talk to them and then just unpack some stuff. I don't know if I get all this in today, but we're going to unpack some stuff today and go, go somewhere in God. John 10, verse 10. If you got it, say amen. amen. Y'all are good. Uh, says this, it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. If you got a red letter, remember this is Jesus speaking. He said, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Man, God's got a good plan for your life and, uh, and he is a God of restoration. Let's just talk to him one more time. Can we just pray and, just, and just, uh, just, just all of us speak to him if you have that relationship with him right now as a father. Father, we thank you. Lord, we're, we're, we're so thankful, Lord, that you loved us. Lord, as a result, we can love you. As a result, we can follow you. As a result, God, re- restoration comes to our life. And we're just thankful for that today, God. And we're just thankful, Lord, that you are the restorer. You're not a restorer. You're the only one who can restore, Lord. And, and we're thankful for that today, God. Help us get a vision and get a clear picture of what you've called us to do, Father, as a church, as a body, Lord, and even, Lord, as the individuals who make up this body. God, I pray, Lord, for clear direction, clear vision in this room. God, a spirit of faith fall on each person's heart and life today, Lord, as we dig into your word. And we ask this today in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say amen with me. Amen. 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 Fist bump your neighbors. Say, man, I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad you're here this morning. We get kicked off this new series last week called Restoration. If you were here last week, raise both hands. All right, you got a head start on those who don't have their hands up. So, uh, so if I'm going to reflect for just a minute, y'all say, man, back me up for just a little bit. But uh, do this. Listen to the uh, list of podcasts on this message and all the messages. Get, the, get God's Word in you. And I know it's hard to be here every, every week, but just get God's Word in you and let that be a continual process. But uh, we're talking about restoration this morning. We're talking about staying on the wall. And I'd, I would encourage you to do this. Take notes today. Take good notes. Uh, statistics says you forget 95% of what you hear within 72 hours if you don't write it down. So, uh, and uh, for some of us, it's like 72 minutes. And, uh, you know, 72 seconds from now, I could ask y'all what I just said. And, and uh, so it's just tough, man. We, it's hard. But we're talking about restoration. Last week, we talked about uh, that, that it, again, God is the restorer. He's not a restorer. He's not just one of the many restorers. He is it. If, we, if restoration comes into our life and we experience anything good in our life, it came from Jesus. It became, became because he loved us. We saw that in the garden, we were separated from God through our sinful nature and through the fall that happened. And, and, and when we fall, when things happen, we try to the best we can, just like they did, try to take those fig leaves, try to piece it together and cover up those sensitive areas 
areas in our life, but that never works. So Jesus is the only one who could come and, and, and truly bring restoration. And we saw the picture in Scripture where God came. He took the sacrifice, took the skin, and covered their nakedness. Aren't you thankful he covered your nakedness and, uh, and, and, and just uh, covered our sinful areas? I'm thankful for that today. So uh, we looked at the book of Joel. So that's one of the things we're going to do during this series. We're going to be looking at some, some different stories throughout scriptures of restoration. We're going to see some of these things. And last week in the book of Joel, Joel, we talked about um, how the locust came in and consumed and destroyed the entire land of Judah, even the bark eaten and gone off the trees. And so we know it's those little things that can come in sometimes and add up. I'm on somebody. I mean, it's those little areas. It's that first drink or it's that first hit or that first click or that first look. It's those little things that can kind of come in. It's that first thought that we don't bring captive. Amen. When the voice of truth is trying to speak life, there is also a liar trying to speak to us. And so we got to learn to process and get those thoughts in us. And so today I'm going to look, I'm going to look at another story in scripture. I want you to, so I want you to take your Bibles and, and go with me, flip the page, uh, turn the app, whatever it is, and go to the book of Nehemiah. And um, somebody got excited about Nehemiah. Come on, somebody. I like that. That's good. I, that's awesome. You get excited about Nehemiah, you got to love Jesus. And uh, you, you are a Christian and, um, and, and, and know Christ. If you, man, that's good. This is, um, this is, this is I mean, a beautiful story today of, um, of restoration. And, and as we look at the rebuilding of the wall in Jerusalem and we see things that happen, uh, if, if just a little backstory, um, 90 years have passed since Zerubbabel, I'm going to mess this word up, Zerubbabel, come on. What, what Bill says, and uh, had led the people back to Jerusalem. So again, the children of Israel had separated. They'd been kicked out and had, had gone their own direction, had come back. And so they came back into the land. Temple had been rebuilt. These people were going through and doing life, living in their homes, building vineyards again. They were doing life in everyday ways. Uh, but there was a wall that used to fortify and protect and, and, and cover the city that had been torn down and had been destroyed. Even the gates had been burned. And they found themselves in this condition and position, trying to restore and come back, but were very vulnerable to the enemy. Very vulnerable to the enemy. If you don't have the proper walls built in your life and the proper things standing, the enemy will always come in. You're always open for attack. So it's when we stand in faith. It's when we get God's word. It's when we pray for one another because we're prepared for what's happening. So we see a picture in scripture today of how the wall had been totally ripped down, destroyed, and been burnt. And so we're going to see a picture today of restoration, but restoration will come only through God, by God, but through his people. And so today, I, I hope that you, we can get this. I hope each of us will grab hold today and see what's going on here and recognize the need. I'm, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> Yo, this, this, we're, going, we're going to throw some stuff at you. We're going to go through about six chapters today in just a few minutes. Somebody's like, oh. I should have packed a lunch, and uh, no, I won't be that bad. But uh, we're going to go through some stuff today, so I, I, I may get there, I may not, but we're going to start off, we're going to go that direction. So I'm going to take you through, first of all, Nehemiah chapter 1, look at verse 3 and 4, and again, there's a lot here, we could spend a lot of time, this may be a series one day, but just a lot of things here, but this is a day, a beautiful story of restoration through God's people. Verse 3 says this, it says, and they said to me, the survivors who were left from the captivity in the province 
are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Verse four says, so it, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. First thing you have to do is when you're, when you're going through the process of restoration, rebuilding the wall or allowing God to do this in your life, we open ourselves up and we ask God, first of all, to open our eyes so that we can see the need that we have. Each person in this room has to, first of all, recognize the need that they have. For each of us in this room, we have to recognize the need for salvation. We have to recognize the need for Jesus. It's only through him. It's only through his shed blood, through what Christ did for us, that we get to heaven. Amen. We can rebuild the walls. We can walk it out. We can, we can discipline ourselves, and we can walk so straight up and be so good and still be so wrong. Oh, come on. Y'all look quiet this morning. Hear me. Get it? Because we have to see this. Because there is a need. We see in his scripture, they're trying to do life. They're, they're, they've rebuilt the temple. They've rebuilt homes. They're, they're, they're planting the vineyards again. Even in a place, they're starting to, to reap some of those, those harvests. But we have to see the need. Their scripture said today that the thief is trying to steal, trying to kill, and trying to destroy And so Nehemiah came in, he saw and recognized the need that if we don't do something, we're totally open and totally vulnerable to the enemy. This is huge. This is huge. In our process today, in our walk, in our journey of faith, we have to see that we must have the right walls built in our life, the the proper things uh, raised up because the honest goodness truth is today, there is an enemy waiting outside your mind. And he's trying his best. Even now, the tug is happening. I, I see it. I recognize. I can sit on some of your faces. I, I know the pull that's being, that's being pulled on you right now is trying to take you to the buffet. Come on, shake it off, man. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come on. I mean, he's trying to right now take you somewhere else and he's trying to put you in a place. And you have to resist those things. The Bible says resist the devil. And so we see in this scripture here that you have to first of all recognize the need. So Nehemiah did this. Nehemiah saw the need and I, I, I love what he did. He did not just say, here's a need and I'm just going to go meet and try to run out and try to do this on my own. I love what he did. Scripture says that he sat down he wept and he mourned for days and he began to fast and begin to pray. We have to recognize our need for God. And God's going to do this. He's going to begin to speak things to our life. There's some things he's, he's, told, he's told some of you in, in, in this place that you're, you've heard his voice. You heard the voice of truth some of you years ago. I love this. We're going to see ministers rise up out of here. We're going to see, see, see lives change in this room because the voice of truth has spoken to you. And somewhere along the way, the lie had come in and covered up the truth in your life. It somehow come in and tried to distort and destroy the mission that God has placed you on this earth for. You see that? God put you on this earth not to just breathe in and out, take up space. He sent you here on a mission, the same way he sent Nehemiah on a mission. He recognized the need, saw the need, but then did this. He pulled back and set into a place and began to pray, began to seek God, and began to ask God for directions in this area because you can never do what God's called you to do by yourself. 
It'll never happen. You always got to have his spirit at work in your life. So you recognize this. You see the need. And so he looks in this need. He sees the scripture. He, see, he sees the need in scripture here, and he recognizes that some things have to be done. And so he does this. He goes into a place of prayer. He pulls back and begins to fast, which is a word that we hate today. Amen. Uh, uh, if, you know, if you've been spiritual for any amount of time, you know what that means. It means you got to give up some stuff. Y'all have the right to remain silent right there. I, I won't hold anything against you right now. And uh, some of y'all, like, you still, the buffet still pulling on you right now. So uh, come on, come off that thing. And so we see the need. He recognizes it. So he does this, and then we, he, he sees it. He goes into a place of prayer. He begins to seek God, and God speaks to him. This is what happens. Every time you pray and fast and seek God, he always speaks to you. And what he does, he's always speaking, but it gets us into a place where we can hear him. It gets us into a position where we hear what he's trying to say to us. And so, again, a lot of scripture thrown at you quick, but I'm going to jump down, turn the page, go to chapter 2, verse 17, and we're going to see the next thing that has to happen in scripture in this story of what, what happens. He said in verse 17, Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste, and its gates are burned with fire. So he saw the need. He recognized some stuff had to change. He doesn't just, just pray about it. This is huge. I'm going to try not to stay here and hurt nobody's feelings in my own. But, but he sees the need. He prays about it, fasts about it, asks God to, to what should he do, and then he's willing to get up and go do what he's, he's called to do. So he says this. He says, come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Let us come in, let us rebuild the wall, and, and so that we're not so open and so vulnerable. So he does this. He begins to cast the vision of what they're called to do. It's something we do in this church often. You've heard three words throughout the, the, your time in this church, making Jesus known. It's our heart, it's our passion, it's our vision of what he's called this church to do and want to be so clear about it. And then he does this. He casts a vision to the people, and he's trying to get them to see just because it's been this way, it doesn't always have to be that way. Just because, you, just because we're vulnerable right now doesn't mean we have to stay vulnerable. Just because right now that any moment the enemy could come in and take us out, wipe us out, it does not have to stay that way. So he gets this. He gets the vision and begins to see this the way God's beginning to put in his heart. He begins to cast the vision. It's just, it's just neat. Even just right now, we're meeting in this building. And if you know the history behind this building, this building once was the charter building before charter took everybody's money in this room and built the big mega building up on the side of 385. <clears throat> I just want to... So despise not the small beginnings, man. So uh, they, they, this used to be the charter building. And somewhere along the way, the manager of charter came into this building, and he looked around this building, and he said this, yeah, I can take Greenville's money right here. If you don't know the history of behind the building, when we moved in, there used to be in this room right here, we call our hospitality room, a drive through window. It's what our bus sits today. And so, I mean, literally, you could drive through. Anybody old school been around that long? You paid the charter bill through the drive-thru. Come on, some y'all been here a while. Amen. And uh, y'all some pioneers. But so they, they would come in, and they would drive through, and they would pay their charter bill before now everybody does it online. And then, then they would drive off. And somebody told us, they said, we should have just kept that and had drive-thru tithe given. That's what they said. <laughs> Somebody, they told us to keep it when we moved here, but we didn't. We, we closed it because we saw a different vision here. He came in and saw this is a place where we can do business. And I saw this as a vision and as a place where we can come and do ministry. 
I said, wait a minute, we can get in there and we can get up there and we can begin to lift Jesus high in this room. We can get in this place and begin to pray and fast, seek God, ask God to move and change, change Malden, change Simpsonville, change Greenville, change this city and beyond because we got a vision for this thing and begin to see it. And what happened was somewhere along the way, somebody cast it to you and you got here. Somehow, somewhere, you got brought into the process, man. Welcome to the vision. And, and you got pulled into this thing to, to somehow be a part of this. I, I, of course, we saw this. We saw that we could get in here and we could just lift up God's praises and we could honor him. And, and I, I'm telling you, before it ever happened, I already, I already saw deaf ears open before we ever saw deaf ears open. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I saw it. I, I, I recognize it. I, I saw people get pulled from death to life before we saw people get pulled from death to life. We saw that in this room. I saw people go, I, in, in the vision, we already saw We saw them go under the water, come up. We've seen all that stuff. We're getting ready to celebrate that next month and get ready to see it again in the natural. But there was already a vision that was happening and stirring. We already saw down the hall that there were going to be children getting taught about Jesus. And, and I'm telling you, we got, we got children, pastors, and leaders who love those kids and, and are pouring into those kids. And if you have those kids, they come out and, man, they're pumped. They're excited. Most of the time you can ask them what they learn and they can tell you. <laughs> Every now and then they miss it just like we do. Some of y'all could walk out and say, man, what y'all learn? Um, <clears throat> uh, Pastor talked about Jesus today. Yeah, that's it. That was Jesus today. Yeah. So uh, I always pull back to that. That's always good. Good of that. But they saw, and so we had the vision. So we cast the vision. Nehemiah did this. He said, no, hold on. It doesn't have to stay this way. And he began to rebuild the wall, and he began to see this. And, and I love what David Ring said when he came here. He said, it's not over till God says it's over. And so he began to see that. So we see that what happens is he began to cast a vision. In verse 18, it's what happened here. It's what's going to, have to take place today in this place. Verse 18 says this. I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words, and that he has spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. Wow. That's awesome right there. They said, let us set our hands to do this good work. They, they began to come together. And what I love is this. They didn't just say we're going to rebuild the wall. And then we're going to go pray about rebuilding the wall. We're going to take time fast, ask God whether or not we should rebuild the wall. We don't have to ask God anymore, should we change Malden? We already know the answer. We shouldn't ask him if he's called us to change South Carolina and this state and go and plant churches in Africa and other places and, and, and go into Guatemala and help. We don't have to, he's already told us those things. So we start doing this. We start grabbing the vision for those things and we start setting our hands to those things and begin to walk that out. So they begin to come together. We saw this picture of everyone coming together and life changing and things begin to take place and they all begin to work. And I love this. Even in chapter 3, verse 12, uh, it, it says this. It says, and next Next to him was Shalom, the son of, again, take that word for whatever it is, and uh, the leader of half the district of Jerusalem, he and his daughters made repairs. You have to understand how huge this was. The daughters even got involved in what God was wanting to do. This wasn't just something, and I'm telling you, what God is wanting to do in this church and in our lives, it's not just going to be something that one group's going to do. The older generation is not going to sit back and watch the younger generation do it. 
The younger generation is not going to sit back and just pray that the older ones will do it. We're going to see this. We're going to see a church come together, a body of people come who, who love Jesus and who have the vision and want to go rebuild the wall, do what God's called us to do. And a coming together is going to take place. They're discipling young kids right now back in those rooms and teaching them about Jesus so they can come in and be a part of this. So we see in Scripture how this is unfolding. Even the daughters were getting involved. Parents, listen to me, man. Get your kids involved. Wake them up. Come on, wake them up, get them, get them, disciple them, pour into them. Don't leave it up to somebody else. Become and do this thing. And so we see each part coming together, working together, every generation joining hands. And we see this beautiful picture begin to unfold of restoration and a rebuilding of the wall. And so I, 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 uh, we're getting ready to get into what the voices, as Gary was singing about earlier. We're getting ready to talk about the voices, but one more thing we, I want you to hit before we go there. We jump into that place is, go to Nehemiah 4, turn the page one more time. <clears throat> and I want to read, let's read 13 through 17. Read 13 through 17. And again, the process is happening. It's what's unfolding. It's, it's what's going on right now. You're seeing this thing be rebuilt. And then you're getting ready to see one of the most crucial pieces of the puzzle. You're getting ready to see one of the most crucial elements in the story happen right here. He says, Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall of the openings, and I set people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And my mind wonders when I read scripture sometimes. Y'all know me. I, y'all know my struggles. And I was ADD before it got diagnosed, and for they gave medications for it. You know, mine just my medication was a belt. You know. Psh, psh, <clears throat> you know, pay attention, son. Slap. And so instead of take the pill, let's take this lick. And so, and so, so it kind of wonders. I can hear my greatest William Wallace voice in my head. I'm going to try it. I don't know if I should try or not. Somebody said, freedom. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. If you've ever seen the movie, Braveheart. I, I, but I, I, I can almost, I, I can hear William. I can just... I can just, I don't know if I should do this or not. Should I do it? My wife shook her head. Never mind. I always look to her. I always have to listen. Fight for your brethren and your sons and your daughters. No, I'm just kidding. But I just, I can hear. And he's trying to tell them, bring it in. And he says in verse 15, he's calling, he's telling, this is for your houses. This is for our lands. And I mean, and so it happened when our, y'all, some of y'all gonna read the Bible different ever for the first time. Y'all gonna say, y'all, y'all gonna start reading the Bible this week. I didn't know he taught like that in scripture. And so now you know. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God brought their plot to nothing. All of us returned to the wall. Everyone to his work. Everyone in this room, God's called you. Every person who hears me on, on the podcast or on a live stream today, if you hear my voice, listen, he's called you. 
He's got a purpose. He always washes you, comes into your life, and, and cleanses you, and then immediately sets you to work and calls you to walk out this plan. And so everyone began to get busy and walk this thing out. In verse 16, it says, So it was from that time on, we're getting ready to see it, that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Israel. In verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand held a weapon. One of the most beautiful pictures in Scripture. I love the story. I, I love the visual that we see here. You see that what's happening here and what God's called them to do, the enemy hates so much and he's sending so much distraction and so many voices are being spoken, but they're all coming together. They're all getting the vision. They're all seeing the picture. And for just a moment, see these guys on the wall and in one hand carrying a weapon. In one hand carrying a, a hammer. Anytime you walk through a restoration process, anytime the rebuilding is happening in your life, listen to me, there will always be elements of each. There will always be a process where God is wanting to work through you and always be an enemy who's coming after you. There will always be a process to where you're, you're working for him, you're warring with him, but you're also lifting him up, honoring him, walking out this journey of faith, living for him. And you see in this process always the picture of the building and the battling happening at the same time. A lot of times we do this, and I've watched this. I've watched this in church. I've watched this in this church. You, you, God builds something, something happens, and then something comes in, the battle happens, and then you kind of get pulled off the wall, and then you start trying to get back on the wall again. Listen to me. What God's calling us to build, we must always be ready for the enemy that's attacking. And so you see a picture here. You see a picture because with one hand, listen to me, somebody that's fighting for your family right now, listen, you, you keep building. You keep hammering the hammer, laying the nail, doing whatever it is that construction people do. I, I don't know. I don't do that. I, what, just do that. But then you also, you take your weapon when it's needed and you go, you walk, because listen to me, the enemy's trying to steal. He's trying to kill and he's trying to destroy us. So you see one of the most beautiful, most important things in Scripture in this text where he's telling them in one hand, take the weapon. And in one hand, take the tool and get busy. So listen, he's called us into this thing. So when the vision is being set forth, when the warfare is happening, when the work is going on, now we get ready for what's getting ready to take place. And we see the picture now begin to unfold because anytime God's called you to build anything great for him, Enemies always at work. So I, I'm going to throw some stuff, and again, jot it down because it's good. Uh, there's some of the things that we see we must do as we get ready to rebuild what God's called us to do. First of all, uh, verse 6 through 8 of chapter 4 says this. It says, so we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. They set their mind on it, and then they, they put their hand with it and went to work. Now it happened when Sambalad, Tobiah, and Arabs, and Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard the walls of Jerusalem were being restored, and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they became very angry. Listen to me, everybody's not going to believe in your dream. Everybody's not going to back up when you're saying, I'm, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to start giving to God, I'm going to start praying, I'm going to start doing I'm going to start going to church, and everybody's not going to believe in your dream. 
Everybody's not going to get on Facebook and like your status that you checked into that faith renewed. Everybody's not going to do this. Some people's going to get ticked off and hate what's going on in your life. But they, they said this. They set their minds to it. And they begin to walk this out. And verse 8 says that, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Now, what a picture of warfare. You see these guys coming together as an army, rebuilding the wall, restructuring this thing, and, and, and this thing beginning to arise. At the same time, you see the enemy coming together, working together, and putting everything in place to pull them off the path. And so we see here in, in, in Nehemiah 4, we begin to see the attacks that are coming, the ways that the enemy will work in our life. And the first thing is this. We see in verse 1, the enemy will throw, chapter 4, he says this. It said, but it so happened when Sambalai heard that they were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious, very indignant, and mocked the Jews. First thing that's going to happen is the enemy will mock you. He's going to come in, and listen, and, and I've, I've watched this in ministry. I've seen people get fired up for God, man. A set of fire begins to burn. Something happens, and they, young people, you go back into the school, and everybody else is not burning the way you're burning. They're burning for something else. And so you say, well, i got to pull back. If somebody says something to you, some of you guys, that look, us a little bit older, man, we get fired up. God's doing something. We go back into our workplace, and then we got to deal with life. And then so we pull back and we begin to settle back. And so we see this begin to happen here. The mockery begins to unfold. The, 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 the unfolding begins to take place. And, and it begins to start hitting. It begins to get ugly. Verse 2 says this. It says, And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, the stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, now listen how the enemy works. Listen how the people who are not believing in your dream are talking about you right now. What's happening? It's going on. I mean, they are. They, again, they, 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 but you got to somewhere along the way listen and say, I'm just going to listen to the voice of truth. I'm going to listen to what God says about me and what somebody else says about me. One of the best things you can learn from this message is quit worrying about what somebody else says about you. Unless they say what Jesus said about you. They get serious. But, uh, but we see here, they're talking about them. In verse 3, it gets crazy. The Tobiah and the Ammonites was beside him, and he said, whatever they build. Now hear this. Even if, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Now, nobody, had, nobody was believing in this thing. Nobody had faith for what they were doing. No, no, nobody outside the camp, nobody outside what, who, who there was getting hold of the vision was grabbing hold of this thing and were seeing it the way they were seeing it. And they said, even if a fox comes up and runs on the wall, it won't stand. So some of y'all was wondering, man, what does a fox say? Caleb was here. He liked that. He would ding, 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 ding. Okay. But, but you, 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 see, you see this picture here because everybody, listen, they're not going to believe in your dream. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa said this. She says, I'm going to go out. She said, I'm going to build an orphanage. And she said, I'm going to change the world. And they asked her, they said, Mother Teresa, what, what do you have? She says, I got three pennies. And then she got laughed at. She got mocked. And she said, hold on. She said, I got three pennies in God. 
don't ever, don't ever doubt what, what God's called you to do as long as he's with you. And so we see this. We see this picture throughout Scripture and of, of, of again, God speaking. So the mockery begins to unfold. They begin to talk about them and begin to say these things about them. And the next thing, what happens is you see something else begin to rise up. And, again, I'm, I'm throwing some stuff at you. We, we see this next picture of discouragement begin to happen in verse 10. My, my, chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing. There's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. The story gets interesting right here. This, this thing gets, it gets a little bit crazy because we can expect it when it's outside the camp. But Judah was a part of the team. Judah was a part of the plan. He was a part of the vision. He was a part of the calling. He, he, he was one of the ones who was in there with a hammer and, and with a sword. And yet in this place, and, and just like us, in different people and stages of life, he got discouraged and he began to do this. He, he, got, he got a little bit frustrated. And he began to say things and he began to paint a picture that wasn't true. He began to tell them that, wait a minute, there's so much rubbish here. There's, there's so much work to be done. Sometimes I think we do that. I think we look at, we look at things and situations and say, man, it, it's going to take so much and this is going to have to happen before this takes place, and this is going to have to... Listen to me. Be faithful. Just be faithful. Just trust him. Walk out the plan. And you see this. You see it's one thing, again, mockery coming from the outside, but you see discouragement rising up from the inside and, and people within the camp, and you see the enemy trying to come in and cause a vision and pull them off the plan and, and, and stop them from what they're doing. But they somehow, they, he fought through it, and, and Nehemiah kept telling them, listen to me, I know what God's called me to do. Some of y'all just, I'm telling you, when, when, when they, whoever they are, come into your life and tell you what you can't do, you tell them what God's called you to do. Amen. Anytime they try to stop you from, from doing it, man, you just tell them, I, I know what he said. I know his voice. I know what he put in my heart seven years ago. I know what he's placed in his church. I know. You just tell them, I don't care what you see, I see something different. I see with the right eyes. I'm seeing something in a a little bit different light. So he refused to listen to the discouragement. He refused to listen to those things that come against him. Uh, Dr. Seuss did this, man. He wrote a book, and 16 different publishing companies turned him down. Told him not to quit his day job. Told him to go back to work. Don't stop. Listen to him. Number 17 was the answer. And that publishing company published a book, and I don't know how many, Stephanie could come up here and tell us his biography and how old he is or was and, and everything about Dr. Seuss. But he did this. He refused to listen to the voices other than to what he knew he was called to do, and so he just walked that out. So we've seen this. Next thing we see, and it's going to happen, we see the discouragement. We, some, we see the, the threats come against us, and we see in verse 11, another thing where he hits us, verse 11 says this. It says, And our adversaries said, They will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. You see, what's, you see this picture? They're plotting and they're, they're, they're threatening and they're, they're planning and coming in in the midst of this process and wreaking havoc and destroying and coming in and trying to stop the plan here that they've called them to do. And... I don't know, it's just, it's just again, a great picture of what you see. But verse 12 says this, So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came, and they told us ten times, From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. They were struggling with that. 
They were struggling with the threats. They were listening to the voices. They were hearing the things that were being said to them. And, but again, they got pulled out and they got stopped and they got put back on track and got back on the vision that they were called to. And then the next thing you see, and again, it's like one thing after another and it's how the enemy works. Can't get you here, he's going to come here. If, he, if you're doing a little bit better physically, he's going to try to hit you here financially. He just, it's just how he works. But I can do all things through Christ. Come on, somebody. I, I can do all things. And you see this in Scripture. You see a consulate barrage of things happening. You see the threats. You see the scourge and the mockery. And you're like, man, now we can get back to work. And then, hold on. Something else. Chapter 5, verse 1 says this. And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. I'm going to be very sensitive on this subject. But even the wives got involved here. Maybe I should say this in my William Wallace voice again. But, but listen to me. The wives get involved. The, 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 the division is trying to happen, and you're, you're trying to see the women getting in and trying to pull things, and, and, and you're trying to see this again. This, some of y'all are, you better stop right there. You better just keep on going. It just happens. You see this because he does it this. He'll start speaking to the woman. She'll start speaking to the husband. And then before you know it, that family's destroyed. Unless he got a strong woman, then he does this. He speaks to the guy. And then he starts speaking to the woman. And then you see family destroyed. He starts speaking to this person. Then he starts speaking to that person. And then you see division. And then the vision's destroyed. You're seeing this constant barrage of things happening and unfolding. And you see the offenses start to rise up. And, and, you, and you see the devil starting to try to work and trying to do his thing. And, and you, you see offense begin to rise up. You see offense happening. And, and the word offense is the word scandal on. And, and, it, and it's where we get our word scandals. It's what happens. He starts setting the bait. No, no trap, no metal trap is in any way desirous to that mouse. So us who know how to capture and kill things, Mike Limbaugh, let the men arise, hunters, hunters in his house. We know, man, we know what we must do. And the enemy works in the same way. So he does this. He begins to set the trap. He begins to put the things and set the right bait on the right trap to pull them in. And so he's doing these things here and he's trying to pull and he's trying to cause scandal. He's trying to cause division. He's trying to cause fights. He's doing all these things. And then we're like, man, surely now this thing's over with. Now it's done. Now they rebuild the wall. And then you see in verse chapter 6, verse 1, it says this. Now it happened when Sambalai, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab, and the rest of the enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and there were no breaks left in it. Though all the time I had hung the do- doors of the gate, verse 2, and Sambalai, and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why will I leave it and go down to you? Yes, I don't know if you see what's happening here. In, in this picture, he was on the wall. They had sent messengers to him trying to pull him off the wall, trying to get him off the plan. And isn't it interesting where he tries to pull him to, to the valley, the plain of Ono? <laughs> and I said, 
don't know, I just, yes, stuff stands out. And, but you see in this picture, he's trying to pull him off and he's trying to take him to, oh no, and, and, and he's trying to pull him and he's like there, he's like, he's like man, man, I know it. I know what God said, and he's up there teaching, and he's building it, and he's hitting it, and he's doing it, and he's trying to take him to, oh, no. Listen to me, young people. Young lady, when he's trying to do his thing, if you ain't married, say, oh, no. I ain't going, oh, no. No, oh, no. Young man, listen, when she's trying to take you there, listen, say, oh, no. I'm preaching now. Somebody, I went old school right now. And, 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 and listen, us older folks, when the enemy comes in, he's trying to pull you off. He's trying to get you in deception. He's trying to get you to be a part of scandal on. And he's trying to get you to talk it and gossip it and run it and, and pull in and be a part of it and do this. You say, oh, no. I'm preaching way better than y'all acting. Hey, that's okay. I good. I'll take that. And, and because you see the picture, the enemy's trying to pull him. And he says it. And I love it. He says, oh, no. He said, I've, I've got a work to do here. He sent the messenger. Now, I, I like that. Verse 3. He said, he said, I sent the messenger to them saying, you're not even worthy of my time is what he was saying. I'm not even going to stop the work long enough to come down and tell you I ain't messing with you. I'm not going to pull back for any amount of time from what God's called me and purpose in my heart to even go to you. You're not worthy of my time is what he was saying. And so he sent the messenger. Some of y'all just need to send the messenger and say, you ain't pulling me off the wall. You're not pulling me off the path. You're not stopping me from what God's called me to do. And so he says this. He says he's telling them there's a work to be done here. I have things to do. And you see it. The most beautiful picture unfold in Scripture. I mean, it, it is just crazy. Archaeologists have, have said that parts of this wall were like eight feet thick. I mean, just, I mean, it was just crazy. Some of how, how major and how massive of an undertaking this was. And listen, without all the technology and stuff that we have, without all the equipment and the things that we have, they just this morning imploded this... Scott Towers building, man. Did y'all watch that online? They, they imploded this thing. And, and then they're going to go back in and they're going to take and they're going to rebuild. Just watch how long it takes to rebuild in there. Just watch. They, they did that to the Greenville Moore Auditorium. Still a hole sitting up there in the middle of Greenville right now waiting to be rebuilt. Listen to what these guys did. Look at what happened in Scripture, man. It is beautiful. You see in chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, get ready to close with this. It says, so the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elah in 52 days. 52 days. In 52 days, they took a wall that had been completely destroyed. The gates burnt. And in the midst of all the deception, the discouragement, the mockery, the junk, in 52 days, rebuilt the wall. My, it takes long now to get permits. <laughs> I mean, come on. It takes long now nowadays to get a permit with all that we have. And we see here, let me tell you the difference. Listen, they were doing what God called them to do. They had God on their side. They had they walking out the plane. And verse 16 says this, and this is what God does. And it happened when all of our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened with their own eyes, for they perceived that this was the work done by our God. 
Come on, somebody. This was the work that was done by our God. When it's, when it's all said and done, I don't want to say, man, but they got a good team and they got a good church and they this and that. I don't want it to be explained by men. I don't want to be able to what God's doing here and what he's calling us. I don't want us to be able to explain that and be able to say that. I want to have to look at it and say, man, it had to be God. It had to be him. And if it wasn't him, man, that, that could not have taken place in 52 days. And listen, which voice will you listen to? Because here's the truth. He's speaking some of the things to you right now. He's taking his word today and, and put it out there for you. Which one will you listen to? Would you, would, would you take and say, wait a minute, you know, pastor was talking to me. I remember what he said. I remember what God put in my heart years ago. For some of you, he's going to show you today. He's going to begin to reveal things to you. Now, I'm just, again, trying to be honest and real as I can. The enemy fights it every step. Man, the outcome. When the deaf ear does open, heart does change. Family is restored. Listen to me. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Stay on the wall. 